On Friday, we celebrate the Yontav of Tuba of. The Gemara says in Mesechtes Tainus, there weren't such happy days for Kla Yisrael like Yom Kippur and Tuba of. The reason given is because Tuba of was the day when the Yoytze Mitzrayim, the Eden that left Mitzrayim, stopped dying. As we know, after the episode of the Maraglam, there was a decree that all the men from the ages of 20 to 60 were to perish in the Midbar and not enter Eretz Yisrael. So every year on Tisha B'Av, a gut-wrenching scene unfolded. The 600,000 men that left Mitzrayim dug their own graves and laid down in it. And 15,000 men didn't get up the next morning. And that happened year after year until year 39. By then, 585,000 men passed away. On Tisha B'Av of the 40th year, there were only 15,000 men remaining. And they went to lie down in their graves. They were certain that they would not merit to see another day. However, miraculously, says Toysus, they all woke up in the morning. They thought they miscalculated the days of the new moon. So they continued their descent into their graves every night until the 15th day of Av. And on Tuba Av, when they saw the full moon, they realized that Hashem had made an exception and let them live and be zoichet to enter Eretz Yisrael. So why were only these last 15,000 zoichet to survive? And the answer is, it's only because the power of tefillah. And we imagine the pain and the anguish when every Arab Tishabov, every family had to say goodbye to their father or brother or son as they headed off to the cemetery, not knowing if they will be from this year's 15,000 that will not get up from their grave in the morning. Can we envision the depth of their tefillahs that they should be spared for at least another year? However, the tefillahs of the first 39 years paled in comparison to the tefillah of the 40th year. Because every other year, while davening, in the back of their minds, they always knew there's a very good chance that they will not be part of this year's 15,000. Even in the 39th year, when there were only 30,000 men left, there was still a 50% chance that they would survive. Psychologically, when one knows there's a chance, even a minor one, that he's not part of the decree, his tefillah lacks that desperation and urgency. However, on the 40th year, when there were only 15,000 remaining, they all knew the math and knew that they had sadly come to the end of the line. They were staring death in the face. Their only chance of being spared was a truly powerful tefillah. Those 15,000 men prayed with great intent, with tremendous depth and meaning. That type of tefillah has such power and strength that it nullified Hashem's decree. That is ultimately the reason why they were spared. A story is told about a young Bacha from America that joined the Hesder Yeshiva in Yisrael and entered into the army. In the summer of 2005, he was assigned to lead a group of soldiers to evacuate one of the settlements in Gush Katev. He begged to be released from that assignment as he was totally opposed to the government's decision to remove the settlers from their homes, but he was ordered to do so anyway. On the morning of the evacuation, he entered into a small moshav and went directly to the shul where everyone had gathered, including the rav of the moshav. After davening and crying together, both the rav and the soldiers spoke to the crowd about the need to exit peacefully so that the IDF wouldn't have to use force against their own people. With tears streaming down their faces, everyone exited the rear of the shul onto the buses, waiting to escort them from the only home they had ever known. The Rav and this soldier were the last ones to leave the shul. Before the soldier got onto the bus, 
He reached into his knapsack, took out a siddur, and wrote in that day's date. He then got down on his knees and with his beer hands started digging a hole into the ground. After a few minutes, he kissed the siddur, placed it into the ground, covered it up with dirt and left. The Rav asked him, why did you bury a siddur in the ground? He said, Rabbi, I'm confident that one day Jews will return to Gush Katif. I don't know when, maybe in 10 years or 20 or 50 years. But one day, maybe a Jew will find the Siddur and realize that Jews were here and left their hearts behind. And with that said, the soldier and the Rav embraced and together, arm in arm, got onto the bus and left Gush Katif. Eleven months later, this soldier, now a high-ranking officer, received an order to enter Gaza under the cover of darkness and set up a headquarters from which the soldiers would be sent for missions deep into Gaza. He and his men entered Gaza, proceeded to their assigned spot, and set up a headquarters tent. As soon as the sun came up, he looked around and all he saw was total destruction. Mountains of debris and devastation all around. He had no idea where he was. All of a sudden, he doesn't know what compelled him to do so. He dropped down to his knees and began to dig into the ground with his beer hands. After a few minutes, he felt something. As he reached in further, he pulled out a book. He opens it up and it's a siddur. But not just any siddur. His own siddur. The very same siddur that he had buried just 11 months earlier. He was in shock. His entire body began to tremble uncontrollably. He cries out, Hashem, why? What are you trying to tell me? Why are you handing me back my siddur? He called his father in New York and told him, Please call our Rav and tell him what happened to me and ask him for an explanation. The Rav was overcome with emotion. He said, I'm not on the level required to even begin to understand the meaning of this incident. And what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was telling your son. Tell him to go to Bnei Brak, to the Godladar of Chaim Kanievsky. Maybe he can answer him. The Rav arranged a private visit for him on Matzah Shabbos. The young man told Reb Chaim the story. Reb Chaim asked him, What did you do to prevent the expulsion from Gaza? The soldier told him, I davened constantly and pleaded with my superiors to ignore the government's directives, but all to no avail. And on the day of the expulsion, what did you do? Nothing. What could I do? It was all over. Reb Chaim told him, Even as you boarded the bus, you should have continued to daven. Who knows what a Kaddish Baruch would have done if you didn't stop davening. But instead, you chose to stop davening and bury your siddur in the ground. In your mind, it was over. But Hashem is telling you, it's never over. Here's your siddur. Continue davening. Pour your heart out again and you'll see incredible results. What a lesson in tefillah. Sometimes we daven and daven and we don't see results. And inevitably, we give up hope and stop davening. We lose faith in our tefillahs. Who knows if we stopped one tefillah short. Through continued tefillah, through inspired tefillah, anything and everything is possible. So don't stop on the one yard line. And now, we know. Have a wonderful Shabbat.